What's up, guys? Man, it's always a struggle. Uh, man, I hope y'all are doing so well. I am so excited we're back. Uh, it's just like, honestly, the breaks are boring. Like, for me, they're just way too long. Like, I went to tech, and, like, we had, a, like, a week and a half for Christmas and New Year's, and we're, like, back at it. So, like, y'all with, like, 10 weeks or whatever y'all get, it's, like, ridiculous. And I'm like, man, I just want to get back. Um, so I'm so excited y'all are here tonight. Um, we're starting a new series tonight. I'm really excited about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say that joke. But uh, anyway, so, like, we're talking about relationships. Uh, just straightforward. We're going to talk about relationships. Um, it's called The Pursuit, uh, and it is how we can honor God through our relationships. So how we can honor God through our relationships. And you might be like, I'm not in a relationship. That's great, uh, because that's where we're starting. Uh, we're starting about your relationship with God. Um, so we're going to start there, um, because that is our firm foundation, as we just sang. Um, and then we're going to build off that. So we're going to build into community. And then we're going to talk about relationship, relationships. Uh, and then we're talking about marriage. Um, which, like, seems very far off for a lot of y'all, um, but, like, that's okay. You need to know what you believe about marriage before you get there, because if you believe it when you get there, you might be in trouble um, if you have different views. So I'm super excited about just this series and this semester. I think the Lord's going to do some really, really cool things. Uh, so we're, we're titling this message, Pursuing True Love. Uh, so you're like, all right, okay, how can we do that? Like, I'm cool with that, uh, but I have a confession. I'm going to let you all into my personal life. If I haven't met you, by the way, my name's Chase. Um, I always forget to introduce myself, um, but I'm Chase. I hope to meet you today. Um, so I have a personal confession. I, I really enjoy Hallmark movies. Like, okay, who in the room? Who's with me? Okay, guys. Oh, Grant, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, guys are going to lie. They enjoy them. They're good. Uh, but like, if you notice, 90% of the room raise their hands, except the guys who were too, too cool for it, you know? Uh, but like, man, Hallmark movies are good. Not like in acting or like plot. Like, they're terrible there, right? Uh, like, they, man, if you're watching a Hallmark movie for the acting, you're there to make fun of it. Like, that's the only way you like it for the acting. Um, but I think we all, like, just like these movies for a reason that, like, it's the, it's the topic that it covers, right? It's the topic of, you know, falling in love at Christmas or falling in love at Thanksgiving or falling in love at New Year's or, fall, you know, falling in love, right? Like, like, that is the topic that runs true through all of them. It's the same five plots, for sure, but, like, it is all good movies and we keep going back. I don't know why, but we keep going back because we're talking about love. So we're talking about love, right? Uh, we really enjoy that um, as people. Um, and I think the reasoning behind that is, is because love is a basic necessity for us. Um, you might disagree with me, but I don't think you're right. Uh, so like, so we have food, right? That's a basic necessity. Water, basic necessity. And I think the third one's love. Uh, I truly do. I think we, we are always seeking love, um, like, if you look at any marketing scheme in the world, it's to, like, act like you are going to love someone better or someone's going to love you because you buy the thing, right? Like, if it's perfume, I, those are the weirdest commercials in the world, right? Like, someone's just going to fall out of the sky and fall in love with you. Like, that's not how it works. Um, but, like, every advertisement, every marketing makes you want to feel more appealing to others so that you can fall in love, right? That is the whole scheme. Like, start looking for it if you haven't. But love is something that carries us and drives us. But often, like the Hallmark movies, 
like we fall in love with the wrong person at first. Like we fall in love with a person that is just no good for you, right? Like they just have money or they like have this big business in New York or whatever, right? Like it's wrong for you. They don't care about you. And like the whole movie, you're like break up with them, right? Like that's what we do though. Unfortunately, that's what we do with everything. We might seek love in a relationship. Um, we might seek love of grades. I don't know. That's weird, but like maybe. Like some people could really love school. It's not me, but like you could, and like that could be the thing that you're trying to excel at and you're trying to fulfill the hole that you have in your life. Because as I said, love is a basic necessity. And we all try to fill it with something, and most of the times we fill it with the wrong things. So today we're going to be looking at how we can fill it with the right things. Um, how we can truly fill this gaping hole within us with the only one that can fill it, and that's Jesus Christ. So we're going to be in 1 John 4. And if y'all love love stories, that's hard to say. If y'all love love stories, though, like, y'all are in for a treat tonight. Um, I think this is the greatest love story of all time, um, and I will fight for that. Uh, truly, it's amazing, and it just overwhelms me every time I read it. So as we get into 1 John 4, I don't want to jump in too far without helping us understand where we're at uh, in Scripture. So John, he's writing to this, this group of people. It's not actually a church. Um, he's writing to these group of people that are fighting Gnosticism. You don't have to remember that. Um, but, like, they're fighting Gnosticism, which is basically this, this Christian sect that broke off from Christianity. And they were like, you have to have all this special knowledge. You have to have all this special attributes. You have to have these visions. And basically just remove themselves from Christianity altogether. But they were going in the name of Christ. So John's writing to be like, no, that's wrong. Like, you need to have correct doctrine. You need to have obedient living and fervent devotion. And throughout his book, he stresses those three things over and over again. I was talking to Zach earlier, and he was like, John loves love, right? Like, he talks about love all the time because that is one of the trademarks of a Christian, of a follower of Christ, as we'll see here in a little bit. So, y'all ready? I'm going to pray for us real quick, and then we'll get in. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Thank you so much that we get the pleasure and the privilege to just study your word with a group of believers. Lord, we know that is a treasure and that we should not take it for granted. Uh, Lord, I just ask that as we studied 1 John 4, that you would help give us a foundation in relationships. Lord, that we know that you are the only one that can fulfill us. And Lord, we pray that we would just listen to that. And Lord, that we would just leave this place changed for your gospel today. It's your son's name, I pray. Amen. So we're going to be in 1 John 4, uh, be in verse 7. So if you have a Bible, you can flip there. If you don't, it should be up on the screen. I hope. So, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this, the love of God, was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior 
of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Okay, y'all confused yet? Uh, There's a lot of loves, there's a lot of gods, and there's a lot of other things going on here, right? Um, John is very repetitive in his thinking and his teaching, um, but he wants to get a point across. He wants you to understand that you can't love others without loving God because God is the source of love. So the first thing I want to challenge us today, as we're pursuing true love in our lives, we need to pursue God because he is the source of love. As we see in verse 7 and 8, we see John challenging us to love one another. But it says, how can we do this, right? It says, love has been born of God. God is a source of love. If we don't remember that or recognize that, we're going to spend our lives trying to love things in the wrong places. We're trying to seek love in the wrong places because so often we go to the things of the world and not the source of love. And before we get any further, I want to clarify two things, uh, probably two really heavy misconceptions about who God is. Um, So as we see in verse 8, it says God is love. I want to tell you two things it doesn't say. It doesn't say love is God. You hear that? It doesn't say that love is God. I know it's confusing. Just stick with me. Love is not the end-all, be-all. Having a relationship with God is. We can't just love people and be like, okay, I'm religious. I'm a good person. Because most of the time, that love isn't going to be true love. That love isn't going to be the love that God teaches us about. So love is not God, even though our culture tends to tell us that all over the place. And especially since our definition of love is very different from culture's definition of love. Because culture and culture, they tell you love is tolerance, right? Love is making sure that everything is good with other people, right? Like, if if you do this, like, we're good with it. That's love. I can tell you one thing. That is not love, especially since God is love, and God is way more than just that. That's the second thing I want to remind you of. God is not only love. He is not only love. He is so much more than that. I think we have fallen into a culture where as we love people, we're good. But we have to understand our God not only loves us, he not only has the attribute of love, but he is just. He is righteous. He is merciful. He is the alpha and omega. And if we limit our God to just being love, then we're missing out on who God is completely. We have to understand that God is more than love, but he definitely is love. Just like Chase, right? I'm a man, but I'm a little bit more than a man, right? Like there is a lot more than me that can define me than just me being a man. Like I'm also a husband, right? I'm also a minister. I'm also a student. I'm also all of these things, right? If you just say Chase is a man, you're not going to know anything about me. So we have to recognize in this passage that John is not saying love is God, and he's not saying that God is only love. But what he is saying, and what's important for us to understand, is that God is the source of love. God is the one we need to seek out and the one that we need to pursue if we're truly trying to find love in our lives. Because he is the only one that can provide it. And only from God can we truly understand what love even means in the first place. 
so often we take our, our definitions of love and we, we pull it from society and we pull it from what culture tells us. But at the end of the day, if we read scripture, our definition of love is very, very different. So I have a question just for y'all. Anybody like to drink Coke in the room? Like Coca-Cola? Yeah, okay, me. Uh, so like I love Coke. Um, it's like really one of the only soft drinks I drink. I'll drink root beer or some, but anyways, it doesn't matter. So probably the biggest thing that peeves me as a person is if I go into a restaurant, right, and I order Coke, and they don't have Coke at this restaurant. You know what they say to you? Is Pepsi okay? No. Like, I'm, I'm ordering a Coke. If, if I wanted a Pepsi, I would have ordered a Pepsi, right? It doesn't matter what you put it in, right? It doesn't matter if you put it in a Coke bottle. I'm going to know it's a Pepsi. Like, Coke and Pepsi are two distinct different things, Right? Am I wrong? I don't know. Y'all are alive out there. Goodness. Y'all don't care about Coke and Pepsi, I guess. But the truth is, too often we settle for the Pepsi. Too often we settle for things in this world that appease us, but they don't fulfill us. Too often we settle for things that look good for a moment, but they will never sustain us. Because the only one who can sustain us is the source of love and God. He is the only one that can fill us, fulfill us. So we're talking about relationships, and I just wanted to challenge y'all with this. This is a guy named Ben Stewart. Uh, he wrote a devotion about like dating and such. He says, before you date and before you choose to marry your mate, you need to be meeting with your maker and forming a relationship with him. Before you date and before you decide to, to marry your mate, right, you need to be meeting with your maker, because he is the only one that can fulfill you, guys. The biggest lie you'll ever hear or understand is that somebody else can fulfill the needs in your life. Whether it be a girlfriend, whether it be a boyfriend, whether it be just a friend, they will never be able to fulfill the needs that you have. Because the only way that that can happen is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if our hope or our fulfillment is found anywhere outside of the source of love, we're going to be disappointed and left wanting more. Guys, if you think marriage or if you think relationships is, is going to make you happy, you're wrong. If you think that they will fulfill you, you're wrong. You can seek them all you want. You can be fulfilled for seasons. But at the end of the day, you can only go to the source of love and that being God. Otherwise, you're going to be empty, and you're going to be a taker. You're going to be someone who takes love from others without ever giving it back. Because you need it. But the only way you can receive it is if you just go before the foot of the cross. I heard it said this way, because fulfillment can only be found at the foot of the cross. That is the only place we can be fulfilled in this life. The second thing we see in this passage in verse 9 and 10, I'm going to read that. It says, we must pursue God because he pursued us first. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, God has so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So I, I stepped on something. Uh, so I told you about this great love story, right? That, that was kind of the premise of everything, the greatest love story of all time. It's found right here in verses 9 and 10. 
so this is what happened, if you don't know. Uh, so man was created uh, in the image of God, uh, and they fell away from him. They did this thing we call sin uh, in Christian circles. If you don't know what that is, that's really just falling away from God's plan for our lives, essentially. Um, that can be done in many different ways, many different acts, or many different thoughts even. Um, but what that did is that separated us from God. So, like, humanity ended up over here on this side of the stage, going this way, pursuing our own wants and our own desires sinfully, and God was left over here. There was a giant gap, a giant chasm in between God and humanity. And you know what? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to get really excited right here, so just hold on. Uh, so, God, he looked at us, sinful, running away from him, and he says, you know what? I want to pursue them. Because I love them so much. I don't care if they even turn back to me. I'm going to pursue them. And you know what he did? He didn't just wait around for a really good person to live a perfect life. No, he sent his own son to cross this chasm, to cross us and to come into humanity and live a perfect life. And not only did he just live a life that fulfilled what we needed to be fulfilled, he died for us. Because love is sacrifice. Every single time, love is sacrificial. And that is exactly what God did for us. He said, I love them so much, I'm going to sacrifice my everything for them. And you know what? They might, might not ever turn back to me. We see in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God, I lost it, sorry. God shows his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to turn back to him and then send his son. He said, no, I see that you're a sinner. I see that you might not ever turn your face towards me again, but you know what? I'm going to give everything for you because I love you so much. I love you with a love that is unsearchable on this earth. And guys, I have, man, I'm so sorry. We can have a relationship with God the creator, the sustainer, the source of love by accepting the gift that he gave us. We didn't have to do anything. We don't have to live this perfect life. All we have to do is say, I accept the gift. I confess, as it says in verse 15, he says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him. All we have to do is confess that he's the son of God. I don't know about y'all, but that's the craziest love story I've ever heard. This person over here didn't have anything to do with the story. They were just bystanders. And God gave everything so that he could have a relationship with us. Whew. Man. All we have to do is place our faith in him. All we have to do is pursue him because he pursued us first. And guys, if you think you're good enough, if you think you're good enough to turn to God and say, you know what, I love you, you're wrong because he loved you first. He is the source of love. He is the one who can help you pursue him because he is the one who did it all. All we have to do is accept his gift. All we have to do is place our faith in him. And then we have a little bit of responsibility. Man, I don't even know if we can call it that. We have a little bit of just, yeah, responsibility, I guess. Uh, but now we have to do something about it. If we've experienced God, if we've experienced his gospel, we need to pursue him back. We need to truly run after him now. 
So the third thing we see in this passage is we must pursue loving each other. We must pursue loving each other. It's in verse 11 and 12. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. I'm going to skip down to verse 20. It says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So we must pursue loving each other. So I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to try not to make me seem like a bad person. I did earlier today. But so about two and a half to three years ago, something happened in my life. Best thing ever preface this in case I say something stupid later on. It's the best decision I've ever made. I got engaged to Rachel, right? Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I don't know what she, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a miracle. But anyway, so that happened. And around the same period of my life, right, something started happening inside of me. Uh, I think they call them emotions. Uh, but like, I started to get very emotional, right? I like, my whole life I grew up in like, I hated weddings. I hated like going to, just they were boring. You know, like, it's the same thing over and over again. All the guys in the room know what I'm talking about. Uh, all the girls are like, no, this is the day of my life, you know. But all the guys are out here saying, yeah, they just walk down the aisle, stand there for a little bit, kiss each other, walk out. It doesn't mean much, right? But about the time I got engaged, emotions started happening within me. Every wedding I went to, I don't know, weird things happened, like water started falling from my eyes, and like, I don't know, it was very, very, very strange. And, like, as I kind of, like, reflected on it, like, even to this day, I went to a wedding, was that last week? Cried. You know, like, like just no lie, just cried, right? Guys, it's coming. I, I know you're like, I've never cried once. I'm a man, you know? But, like, it's coming. But anyways, <laughs> so I experienced something. And, like, I've come to the point now, I think I figured it out. We'll see eventually if I figured it out correctly. But I think it's because I experienced love. Like, I experienced a love for, for a woman. Her name's Rachel. She's the best, right? And once I experienced this love, I recognized that marriage ceremony was the most beautiful thing in the world. Like, it changed me. Because, like, every time I go to a wedding now, I think about ours. And I'm like, man, I love her. I love them for loving each other, you know? Like, I love love, <laughs> you know? It's just true. Because I experienced love, my life was changed forever. Guys, and in the same way, as soon as we experience the gospel, that, that great love story I just shared right here, as soon as we experience that, our life should be changed forever. Our emotions should be changed. We should have a heart for the lost. The people that don't know the gospel and have a relationship with God. We should love other people, as John so eloquently puts it a thousand times right here. Like, we need to love one another. Because if we leave the gospel and say, that's not going to change my life, I'm not sure you know the gospel. Because the gospel, again, is the greatest love story of all time, and if you receive that, you are not going to walk away unchanged. You're going to walk away trying to love others. I'm sorry, it's, it's so good, guys. 
Like, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I really hope you make that decision today. I really hope that's the decision you walk away with here today because it is the best decision you could ever have. Because the gospel, once it works within us and changes our lives, we're never perfect, right? But we are growing in our likeness of Jesus Christ, and that's amazing. We are striving to be more and more like him because not only is Christ our Savior, not only did he come and die for us, but he is now Lord of our lives, which is the greatest pleasure we can have on this earth, that a Lord would tell us exactly what he needed us to do, and we can all we could do is respond to him obediently. All we need to do is respond to him faithfully, and one of those things is to love one another. Guys, there's a lot of misconceptions about love. There's a lot of things out there that I know we've all had thoughts about, that as soon as I find a spouse, life's going to be great. As soon as I'm dating someone, my life's going to be perfect. It's a lie. If you don't have fulfillment in Jesus Christ, you're not going to have a fulfillment in a boyfriend or girlfriend. If you're not content where you are, you're not going to be content where you're not. Guys, we have to recognize that we have to follow him faithfully, and love is sacrificial. Loving God means denying ourselves. Loving others means denying ourselves. And the only way we can do that is if we're connected to the source of love himself. Because I said a little bit earlier, if we are not connected to Jesus Christ, if we're not connected to God to give us love, then we're going to struggle. We're going to run out of love. And we're going to be takers. And we're going to go into situations and we're going to have toxic relationships where we need the other person for everything in our lives. Because we're putting a responsibility that should never be theirs. Because only God himself can fulfill us. And we are called to love others in response. We're going to talk a lot more about loving others next week uh, when we talk about community. Um, But I just wanted to talk about this because 1 John just... It handled it so much. Uh, but this guy, his name's Thomas Tom Thatcher. Uh, he's a theologian. Uh, he wrote a commentary on First John. He said this. It's very challenging. He says, No person can legitimately claim to have a relationship with God who is love, while at the same time withholding love from other believers. I'm going to say it again. It says, No person can legitimately claim to have a relationship with the God who is love, while at the same time withholding love from other believers believers. We have to love others. We have to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, guys, because if we have a relationship with the God who is love, there is no way we can't. If we are connected to the source of love, we are going to give everything to love others as well. And guys, we can't love others without being connected to God. We can't do that. Love is a sacrifice. We must intentionally lay down our life so that we can love others. And guys, y'all want to know the best way you can love someone? I'll tell it to you right here. It's easy. Uh, like, it's not complicated. You share the gospel with them. You share the good news of Jesus Christ, the old thing that I just gave y'all. You share that with them. Because that is the only way we can be fulfilled. That is the only way we can truly be loved. And that is the only way that we are ever going to be content on this earth is with the love of Jesus Christ. So as we conclude, um, it's really easy, guys. Like, I'm not going to cover, like, a fraction of the misconceptions we have about relationships. I'm just not. 
But I think this is the biggest one. That if we plan to fulfill and just be fed love our whole lives, we're going to be very disappointed. You're going to get married one day and you're going to realize how really selfish you are and you're not going to know how to love others. You're going to get married one day and be like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be because all of marriage is being selfless to one another. And you're like, man, my hope's been in the wrong place the whole time. Because your hope can only be founded in Jesus Christ. It's easy to seek love in the things of the world. But guys, the only thing that will fulfill us is God himself. All the other things are going to leave us wanting. They're going to leave us lonely. And they're going to leave us wanting more. But God is the only one who can give that to us. And through our relationship with God, who is the source of love, and the one who pursued us first, we must now love each other sacrificially. We must give our lives to loving others and sharing the good news of the gospel so that they can have the greatest love story of all time. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we are just so undeserving of your love. We don't know what we did to deserve your love, but Lord, we are so thankful that you gave it to us. We are so thankful that you pursued us even when we were pursuing everything else. Lord, I just pray right now that you would be with anyone in this room who has never given their life over to you. Lord, I just ask that you would just be with them. And Lord, that they would be obedient to follow you today. Lord, that they would step out in faith and follow you today because you are the only one who can fulfill us. You are the only one that can fulfill the God-sized hole we have in our hearts. And Lord, as long as we continue to seek it elsewhere, we're going to be disappointed. Lord, I pray that you would move in our lives. Lord, that you would challenge us to leave this place loving others more, and more importantly, loving you more. We love you. In your son's name I pray. Amen. So guys, like always, um, if it's your first time here, there's something we do at the end of every uh, Wednesday night, and we do reflection questions, um, because I'm a very strong component that if you hear the word of God, you have a response. The word of God does not leave you alone, because we're all sinful, and the closer you get to God, the more sinful you realize you are. So these three questions, I, just something you can deal with, something that you can walk away with and say, no, I'm not doing that, or yes, I'm doing that, and I need, I need a change. So the three questions tonight, are you pursuing the source of love? Are you pursuing the source of love, or are you pursuing something else? Which leads into the second question, what are you pursuing instead of God? What are you placing or prioritizing above our relationship with God? And lastly, does your relationship with God affect your love for others? So we're just going to spend a few minutes, um, and we're just going to pray over those three questions. We're just going to take time and truly respond to God. And guys, if you've never given your life to Christ, and you would like to do that in this moment, I'm going to be in the back of the room, and I would love to talk to you about that, because it will be the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. So they're going to play for a little bit, and then they'll lead us in another song.